0: Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel and our Invasion of the Body Snatchers retrospective podcast, where every Friday and every Wednesday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. The We Are Geeks podcast series is published by WeAreTessellate.com and is a completely independent podcast. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference and no infringement is intended geeks
1: geeks
0: hello and welcome back to the we are geeks horror channel every single friday we run through another horror franchise a retrospective specials we just got the back of the nightmare on elm street which is me and alex and now we're into the body snatcher movies we're going to be dealing with all five of the body snatcher films so actually let's go through who is first uh so i'm your host al white and joining me for this entire series to my left
2: alison holland and to my right katie
0: watson uh katie you might remember from the friday the 13th podcast allison was on our danny ball specials where we went for all the danny ball films which was not right. part of the horror channel but yep. um i think we're gonna eventually be starting a director's channel which would be cool that would
1: be really cool
0: uh, but that was our first one of that as a little, little tester to see if people like it not quite as much as the horror stuff apparently <laughs> but it <laughs> still did all right um yeah so with this one, we came with back of Friday the 13th. We're kind of in transit right now, and our natural progression was to do uh, like all the Halloween films or all the child's play films or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Let's give for like the big franchises first before we move into the more obscure stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we're in transit, we thought, okay, we'll do something smaller, uh, take a little break from the really big franchises, do something a little left field, and then when we get back to LA, we can get involved with something media again. Um, so we were going to do uh, new French extremism <laughs> to go way left field. Right.
1: You think Danny Boyle did it do so well. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, that was Tom's idea. But when we actually really looked into it, it's kind of hard to quantify exactly what is in there. I know there quite a few films that we needed to do and we didn't have the time on this trip um so is that instead
1: going to be tom deciding what was a french extremist film
0: well no i actually went for and decided, and then he was like can't we just admit some of these because they're really bad I like, no the whole point is <laughs> no, we're, you we're comprehensive that's the entire point um yeah so then i just i i decided to do something that's a personal favorite of mine which is invasion of the body snatchers now this isn't technically a franchise each of these movies is a remake um, but i would say it's one of the most remade stories uh in in film history mm. uh its influence is huge there are many many movies you could claim are are body snatchers movies but they're not official ones we're just dealing with the official ones with one exception that i have made a judge's ruling <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> be in our retrospective
2: i see why you and tom are friends yeah <laughs> uh
0: it's all right to add films you just can't take them out i think people always <laughs> have with more free content just not <laughs> less free content um, so we're starting with the 1956 movie, Invasion of Body Snatchers, where it began, and that's what we're going to be reviewing in this podcast. Um, and then we're moving into uh, the 70s version, the normal Sutherland version. Then we're doing the 90s version, which was called The Body Snatchers. Um, and the last official one is The Invasion, which is Nicole Kidman, uh, Clyde Bauman film from the noughties, if you're English. And if you're from America, what do you call it?
2: The 2000s. I know. I don't understand. It makes way I was more. Very that's confused. one thing that America makes. All more I hear sense is in. naughties <laughs> when you say that. Like it's. I know. Like N-A-U-G- like a dirty U-G- CD time.
1: I, I
0: think that was probably the intention. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call this? What are we in now? The teens. Is that what we okay. call it? What do you call it when you're not quite in the teens? When you're in like 2011, 12, what happens?
1: You just call it the year 2011.
0: It's confusing. It's nice to have like 20s, 30s, 40s. Anyway uh teens we're gonna well. deal with that movie
1: what do you call the 1910s
0: the the
1: 1910s so why you can't call we call these the 2010s the the <laughs> because god damn it <laughs>
0: that's why because i win <laughs> um so the film that we're throwing in as well is we're going to be doing the faculty um uh, that is a robert rodriguez movie it's going to come obviously in the timeline between the 90s body Snatchers movie and then the invasion movie um from the noughties um the Faculty is is a Body Snatchers movie. Robert Rodriguez wanted it to be a Body Snatchers movie. It even has a nod to them in the credits saying this is based on the Body Snatchers. Uh, it is called something different, however. Um, um, we will get into that when we get to that podcast, whether that was a rights issue or just a creative decision, but it is a part of this retrospective. But today we're gonna to be talking okay. about the original movie. Now this is the oldest film we've ever reviewed on a podcast. Um, so and, and i don't watch many 1956 at uh, 1956 didn't films. even
1: know tv was invented rented back then <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> um now i feel let's go around and explain to the audience where we're at like with this series so i'm obviously since i suggested i'm the fan of the series i am a huge fan of the 70s film and i'll explain my history with that when we get to that next podcast um, and from that I immediately went and what's the 90s one and yeah the faculty and the invasion and I'm always eager for another invasion I'm kind of sad it's been so long since there's been a new proper remake um, but it was over 20 years between the version we just saw and the 70s one um, so they like to take their time um, and I am certain there'll be another one within the next 10 years but I'm the big fan of the series that said I've never seen the 50s version um, and I don't know why, um, I have to admit, I kind of struggle with a lot of old films until I met you, Katie, and you start to introduce me to some great old movies like An Affair to Remember, uh, The Apartment, what's the one where she goes to Venice?
1: Oh, Summertime with Catherine Hepburn.
0: Yep, like really- Who's amazing. Really great <laughs> movies. Um, they tend to have a different language of cinema for me. Like it's not necessarily the language of cinema that is why I watch movies. It doesn't mean right. I don't appreciate it or enjoy them, but it's a very different art form. So I don't tend to watch them to relax or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And particularly for the spooky films, I tend to find for me, like I can still appreciate the classics like the original Dracula and things like that, but there's a big cutoff line for me where it stops being a horror movie because it's too old. Um, And I'm fascinated the older I get as well, if that happens, like if 80s movies stop being horror movies. But so far, I feel they still are. Like films from the 70s onwards, I feel, Mm -hmm. still have the ferocity to be a horror film.
1: I think horror was definitely one of the genres that took a while for directors to really get into because if you look back, it's it's a lot of Alfred Hitchcock. It's a lot of like psycho, uh, like psychological horror as opposed to like Twilight Zone. This was, this definitely reminded me a lot of Twilight Zone in that it kind of gives you the big facts and then you're just supposed to be impressed or scared based on those facts. You're not really like meant to be scared the way that you get scared today yeah. um so like the effects are a little staler they're a little bit more calmed down um but it's more about the mental state of your people so i completely understand what you're saying like horror i think is definitely um a hard one to get into if you start at the very beginning like in you know it's hard to go that far yeah back. exactly okay. yeah for
0: me yeah like psycho wasn't out like another four years that's out the birds wasn't out yeah i feel hitchcock really kind of sculpted what modern horror was until he came around
1: well he brought in more intense effects as well like he brought Mm. in more blood and he brought was very graphic at the time people forget he brought in more like violence either physically or you know psychologically so it's he definitely upped the standard
0: I think the big exception for me is actually like the original King Kong, while incredibly antiquated, I do still see that as a horror film. Like You go back and you watch that and it's very creepy and the black right. and white style of it makes it quite uh, unnerving. Yeah. Uh, but this film is science fiction as well, obviously, and, and Body snatches, as we'll talk as we go through the series, they are definitely horror films, but they're definitely, you know, science fiction films uh, more than mm-hmm. they are horror Horror comes from the science fiction rather than science exactly. fiction coming from the horror. Yeah. Uh, but no, anyway, that's where I come from it. Uh, Allie. Yes. What is your standing with the series? Have you ever seen any films?
2: I I have not seen any films ever. <laughs> Big surprise!
0: <laughs> You're our favorite because we can always bring you into any retrospective. I, I'm glad
2: I'm your favorite because I think I'm probably our audience's least favorite. But you get to be I've the never fresh eyes. Seen it's a very nice way of putting it. It's well, nice you. for people who've never seen it
1: to not feel judged. I think like they can listen to this and be like, I can listen to Ellie's point of view because. She hasn't seen it at all. most likely not listening to this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I reckon, no, but here's the thing with these as well, particularly with franchises is like, because I know as well from listening to podcasts, I listen to the ones like, I I would listen to this podcast because I love the next Body Snatchers movie and want to hear about the other ones where some people love them, some people don't. Mm -hmm. This one I would listen to Have never seen it quite happily because I probably know I would never go and see it. And then depending how the podcast went, I might then go and check it out because i guarantee different. most people who listen to us have not watched 1956 version of invasion of the body snatchers that's just a sad truth i think i think most people probably wonder what's the 70s one by now like it's the new really a sad
1: but. truth like most people the 70s one is really old so yeah. they're kind of starting in a really old time to so the maybe 50s that's one that is they just... can
2: all that they can handle
0: yeah you know. so do you know the story did you know what to expect
2: yeah you did not know the story didn't I knew we were watching a horror movie and we talked a little bit about it and you mentioned alien dust. So I kind of had a, an idea that it was <laughs> sci-fi related, horror related. And then that's all it. I really went in knowing. That's great. Yeah. You
0: really were. So there are certain um, cultural kind of, well, we'll get into it, but there are cultural slangs and stuff that come from this series and even from this very, very first film. Hmm. So it's interesting to have someone who doesn't know much about
1: the films mm-hmm.
0: um, to see how they read. Watson?
1: Yes? <laughs> what's
2: your background? <laughs> uh, my background you?
1: is that I've seen the 70s one. I have not seen any of the others. I haven't seen the Faculty or Invasion or um, anything except for the Donald's Sutherland one one, um, which I loved. And I've only actually seen that one once or twice in my whole life. Um, and But I absolutely love old movies. They're kind of like my wind-down and I usually watch them when you're not around because I like pilfer the ones that I know that you might enjoy or like essences of what they'll en- you'll enjoy but um, I typically don't watch old horror movies but I love Twilight Zone like the old Twilight Zone
0: I was gonna say that's strange because yeah you love like you'll you'll just chain watch all the old Twilight Zone
1: yeah episodes. I love them but I think it's because they're they're like just long enough for me to feel invested be shocked and it's out Um, so I really love that um, the way that they set those up so but yeah I really didn't know what to expect coming into this because obviously it's 20 something years prior to the 70s one so it could be amazing it could have like been just the complete original and the 70s one ripped it off for every note or it could be you know just kind of tepid and lay the foundation for what would eventually become a really great horror film
0: yeah, I came in really excited actually, just because I'd avoided it for so long, and as for putting it on, I suddenly realized, oh, I'm really excited because I love this story so much, and I want to see where that came from.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and we'll get into the beginning, but the beginning of the movie really like started well for me, like it got me uh, those first few scenes. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the year because we we're talking 1956. Um, it got an American release on the 5th of February. So this year, just for a little bit of context, it is the year when Elvis Presley first got into the charts mm-hmm. with Heartbreak Hotel um jackson pollock died this year videotape was demonstrated for the very first time in a convention exciting uh and eisenhower beat out stevenson for the second time (laughs) to win a second term as president with nixon as his vice president uh the films that were coming out that year you had things like 10 commandments uh you had the searchers the king and i forbidden planet um and the killing i have not seen most of these movies (laughs)
1: I've seen The Ten Commandments and I've seen King is planet. very good
0: yeah that's a play as well isn't it, no, mm-hmm. was it I sound really stupid now but I don't
1: know no it's fine it's the same uh, lead actress as in An Affair to Remember Deborah Kerr oh is it mm-hmm. okay and then the lead male is in a lot of kung fu films and I should know who he is and there's people yelling at me somewhere <laughs> but um, I can't remember just in my right head
0: um, so the film was directed by Don Siegel who uh, went on to direct Dirty Harry uh, and Escape from Alcatraz. So two classic Clint Eastwood movies. Um, and it starred Kevin McCarthy, who went on to star in The Howling, In the Space. He was in Hitchcock's Hour. He was in some Twilight Zone, uh, including the movie. And Dana Winter, who was in Sync the Bismarck and Airport. And Larry Gates, who was in The, in the Heat of the Night, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, The Sand Pebbles. Uh, the Sand Pebbles. Uh, more films that I've heard of and never seen. Um, so I've got a whole bunch of little facts here, it was based upon a science fiction novel. Um, so I noticed when we started watching the movie, because I did my research and I knew a bit about this, and I had actually read the novel when I was a late teenager, like 19. Um, and in the opening credits it said it was based on like a serial magazine? because uh, it's what they yeah. used to do isn't it they would do shorts and then they'd compile them every all into week a book.
1: they would like the authors would submit like the next chapter basically so it kept your readers hooked and they would continuously buy that newspaper right so that's a lot of whodunit or sci-fi stuff like comics were done in episodes yeah yep, so they yep. would buy that paper just to get that one
0: okay Uh, so this was based upon it came out in 1954 a science fiction novel simply known as The Body Snatchers it was written by Jack Finney who also wrote other novels and short stories that were turned into movies uh, mostly in the 50s and 60s such as Five Against the House House of Numbers Good Neighbour Sam and Assault on a Queen his short story Such Interesting Neighbours was adapted into an episode of Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories TV show Um, and he was given the World Fantasy Award for Lifetime Achievement in 1987 dying in 1995 so the film was originally going to simply be called the body snatcher um as the book was until yeah the the studio decided it was too close to van luton's film the body snatcher which had come out in 1945 Mm. so they tried a bunch of titles i always love hearing the titles they run through particularly like in the 50s and 60s you get great ones so they come from another world (laughs) sleep no more evil in the night world in danger uh, and Better Off Dead, which got reused as a John Cusack movie yeah. <laughs> about 20, 30 years later. But
1: all those are such spoiler titles, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, before they yeah, eventually settled on Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I
1: just wanted it to be called It Happened on a Thursday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that it great. I was like, that's such a great title. <laughs> uh,
0: somewhere in here, I have the budget. So, yeah, the film was originally scheduled uh, for a 24 day shoot with a budget of $455,000, uh, which obviously is without inflation. Mm-hmm. You know, it meant a lot more in the 50s than it does now, but it was still a very cheap budget for the time. Uh, and then the studio asked them to cut that budget to just 350000 and to shoot in 20 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up uh, planning to shoot it in 15 and, oh no, 16, sorry, and ended up shooting it in 19 uh, days, wow. mostly because the director wanted some genuine night shoots rather than faking it um so they had to keep waiting for that um what else do i have yeah universal's uk dvd it should be noted comes with the choice of the original black and white or what happens a lot with these movies particularly the genre ones a colorized version of the movie uh, which adds an extra five minutes of running time Um, and i I struggle to actually find any confirmation on what those extra five minutes are Uh, the film's like only an hour and 20 minutes anyway so it's Mm -hmm. a short film um i fucking hate colorized versions yeah. of old movies
1: i agree
0: it drives me crazy yeah um, so definitely i have to say, because we got the blu-ray version of this from america it uh, looks great like yeah. the, the the print looked really lovely Yeah. Um, which is that helps me i have to say with the 50s like the classic films it really helps me if, if it looks you know if you feel like well obviously the acting the style of everything you know dates it but at least if the quality makes me feel like this could have just been shot yeah. you know ten as years. as long as ago. the
1: the image and the sound is on point it's makes it 10 times more watchable
0: yeah definitely takes i'm sure it takes away part of that romantic feel that some people have when you just tune used to tune into you know crt tv in the middle of the night and you get some crappy it's just so like
1: you hear so much static in it and even it took me a really long time to let go of my vhs player and i had a lot of my old favorites on vhs and but it got to this point that once you started watching blu-rays or even started watching 4k obviously it's it's really really difficult to go back and watch those when you're constantly turning the sound up and turning the sound down and everything is just so warped or shuffled or the quality is just you know not there and it kind of it starts to detract from your experience with those characters
0: yeah no, i agree um all right let's go for a plot shall we so the way we like to do this we're gonna hit through the plot real quick and then we'll go into it scene by scene as we take in chronological order in the emergency room of a Californian hospital, Dr. Miles Bunnell, played by Kevin McCarthy, tells a psychiatrist about the events leading up to his arrest and arrival at the hospital. In the nearby town of Santa Mira, Dr. Bennell began seeing a number of patients come to him, suffering from the Cap Grass delusion, the belief that their relatives have somehow been replaced with identical looking imposters. His former girlfriend, Becky Driscoll, just recently arriving back in town after a divorce, discovers that her cousin, Wilma, has the same delusion about Uncle Ira. Psychiatrist Dr. Dan Kaufman assures Bernal that the cases are an epidemic of mass hysteria, but the very same night, Bernal's friend Jack Belacek—I think that's how you pronounce it—Belacek, it, is it? Thanks. Finds a body with his own exact features, not fully developed, and Becky finds the same of herself. Uh, sorry, and uh, Bernal finds the same of Becky in her own basement. But by the time Dr. Kaufman arrives to the scene, the bodies have disappeared, and he tries to convince Bernal that he too is falling into the mass hysteria. But the next night. Bennell, Becky, Jack, and his wife, Teddy, while having a barbecue, find more duplicates of themselves emerging from giant seed pods in the greenhouse. They realize that the townspeople are indeed being replaced while they sleep. Failing to contact the federal authorities, because the lines are busy, Jack and Teddy head off to seek help while Bennell and Becky uh, yeah, discover that all of the town's inhabitants have now been replaced with pod people and are devoid of humanity. They flee to Bennell's office to hide for the night. The next morning, truckloads of giant pods are heading to neighboring towns, and Kaufman and Jack return as pod people, explaining that they are an extraterrestrial life form, and that the takeover is a relief from the frustrating complexity of mankind. Chased by a crowd of pod people, Bunnell and Becky escape and hide in an abandoned mine outside town. Bunnell finds a greenhouse farm where the pods are being grown in the hundreds, and returns to find Becky turned into one of them fleeing the scene Bernal finds himself on the state highway seeing a transport truck for San Francisco and LA filled with pods he screams at the passing motorists they're here already you're next you're next back in the hospital we opened in Bernal finishes his story to Dr. Hill who doesn't believe his account until a truck driver is brought into the emergency room after being buried under giant seed pods coming from the same town Dr. Hill calls for all roads in and out of Santa Mira to be barricaded and alerts the FBI cue credits
1: it <laughs> oh, really tells you everything huh
0: that's everything that was the plot yeah.
1: Spoiler.
0: uh yes boys <laughs> uh, um right so it's it's actually pretty sustained as i was writing it out like it seems complicated but just because there's a lot of kind of town drama i guess going on there's quite a lot of characters in this film
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but there's not much actually happens. it's actually a pretty relaxed film the whole film is kind of like Benel up until the last scenes so he's playing it pretty chilled <laughs> yeah it's, it's a very uh uh easy to digest uh movie but with big big concepts so let's go through this right from the top we kick off um the opening credits actually i kind of i could i we'll get to it with the next one but i love the opening credits of the 70s movie so i was interested with this one how they're going to start and it's just on all these shots of clouds um and the titles come up which later on i guess once you get revealed how the pods right. got to earth and they kind of drifted in and stuff means yes. a lot more um but i like that i thought it was a nice way to do it without giving anything away um and we open up with him explaining to a psychiatrist so let me get this out of the way the director didn't want the framing device that they have here um he didn't want you to have Benel having escaped at the end he didn't want the psychiatrist to then believe him and ring up the fbi and leave a right. happy night that was a studio decision they made him go back and reshoot that stuff and he fought for it to be cut out he wanted the film to end with Benel on the road screaming at the people you're next you're next
1: yeah it definitely felt like that i think
0: um so yeah so we're starting with this opening how, how is it feeling at the beginning like I, th- I feel definitely there's quite a lot to say about the ending whether that works or not but at the beginning when you're coming in on someone in a hospital and they're telling a story, do you like that device? Or is it, you know, a little cliché, a little drawing?
2: It doesn't bother me at all. The thing, anytime I watch anything that has to do with psychological problems, I feel, I mean, it starts with him yelling, "I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy." Yeah. And you see that in a lot of movies dealing with this just mental issues and mental disorders, and it always makes me think about like I wonder how many people that have just been like brilliantly framed are actually in prison screaming, I'm not crazy, but no one believes them because when you sit there and scream, I'm not crazy, you sound like <laughs> you're crazy. Like a... Yeah, and they don't believe you. I
0: feel particularly in the 50s as well. I was thinking about that at the end when they're all kind of rolling right their eyes before, at his I mean, story.
2: I don't know what goes into it, but I'm sure it's much easier to figure out. Not easier, but I feel a lot we're more definitely more open available.
0: to just because you're emotional doesn't mean you're hysterical i think whereas in the 50s i feel <laughs> it was like if you show emotions then oh you're hysterical much. particularly right. if you're a woman <laughs> yeah so that's, that's, yeah i agree with you um, as a side note as well the uh the producer wanted to have uh, an opening with a quote from winston churchill uh, to be narrated by orson wells but awesome wells said nope <laughs> so then they tried to enlist the sci-fi author in ray bradbury and he also said nope <laughs> so Aww. they cut that idea completely.
2: never mind.
0: um so this is what we got we got him telling a story to a psychiatrist in a hospital um i didn't mind it i have to say i'm not normally a fan of framing devices with movies i kind of like just to come straight in although it was all right it did make it feel like a 50s movie to me um yeah, with another element that we're going to get to in a second um but yeah then you cut to this to him on the train getting off coming back to his town uh getting picked up by his friend and nurse uh who's informing secretary. him secretary secretary
1: or nurse yeah i guess same uh, thing. i
0: think both uh yeah who's informing him that there's all these people have been coming asking for his help and he hasn't been there and he's got to go straight to the office and see these people um, and i really dig this opening like i really like this idea of someone who knows the town well but they've been away from it so when they're coming back it kind of gives you an in as the audience of you can be him because you're discovering the town for the first time but you have the benefit of a character who knows the town very very well they're just discovering this version of the town right now with you kind of thing yeah. um so i thought it was a really cool way to begin the movie i like the train sort of coming in and and you learn his character very quickly he's like inappropriately flirty with her immediately and he's just like yeah. cocky and
1: <laughs> it's just kind of this playboy demeanor going on
0: is this just standard procedure for a male in a 50s film or is this something yeah, it
1: like... was a little bit over the top i thought um but i think that they were just trying to hit that home that that's what his focus was and that's who he was and he like was so blindsided by you know hormones that he couldn't that he did not even registering that and that's what he's used to being like he's used to just being kind of the good-looking uh happy doctor of this like small quaint town
0: yeah i was saying to you at the beginning i want this to be like how they would do a dawson's creek reunion show yeah. kind of thing yeah. and dawson's like the good-looking doctor yeah. in the town and then joey comes back in <laughs> um so we almost immediately get the other thing that grates for me, it really does state the movie, which is uh, that the film is sort of a semi-noir film as well. We have a VO that yeah. pops in and out throughout this movie, seemingly at random, just kind of when I feel they need to explain something that in the edit, potentially they looked at and was like, I don't know if this is translating to people.
1: But really didn't need, like it really didn't need, I would say 70% of their voiceovers. Um, cause I was okay with it at the beginning. I'm used to that in older films. Um, but I'm used to it stopping at a certain point, kind of after the first act or something. Cause then you should be able to tell your story that way. And half the time he'd say, you know, like, oh, I drove in my car really fast to get over to her house. Cause I was worried about her. And I was like, well, I can see that. Like I'm seeing you drive your car really fast. You don't even put it in park and you run up and there, I can see all of this. And I understand that they're like, oh, he's telling the story to this doctor and you're like, you're in as he's telling the story etc and I, I just didn't care for it after a while it got really unnerving
0: yeah well that's where it came from for, for me now that you say it like yeah it makes sense Well, i didn't think about it in the context of him telling the story mm-hmm. but if you take away the book ends as the director originally wanted then it makes no sense whatsoever and i didn't find any facts as to whether The director had wanted that to be in there if that was another studio decision of what we need to walk people through this a little bit more right and i really took as an example like the bit later in the film where he goes to becky's house and he decides to creep in through the basement um to then go into her father's bedroom and then her bedroom because that's not weird um and they have to walk you through it in vo Of, like, I approached the front doorway and then I realized maybe this was a bad idea. (laughs) But you see that. Yeah, you could totally see see his his hesitation
1: and he's like, oh, and then he goes around the side of the house and you're like, obviously that's why he did that.
0: But I'm wondering, (laughs) like, it's easy to say that now as a modern viewer, because we are more sophisticated as a modern viewer simply in that we've learned the language of film a lot more now. Like, we've grown up with complicated language of film and we understand the relationship between image and narrative better than you did in the 50s. So it's very hard for me to judge in the 50s, maybe you did need this. Maybe people were more confused um, or maybe people would be now. And it's just kind of, well, just either you don't pander to that or mm. you shoot it better.
1: <laughs> I, d- I just, I, even with all of that, like looking at the films that were being made at this time that didn't crutch on easy devices like this, I think that it was just a lazy decision. You know, I, I think that, like you were saying before, it's a simple movie that's based around big ideas and i think that producers and directors were worried that the big ideas weren't going to come through the way that they wanted them to and so they you know used this as a way of you know a b it as a as a viewer and it it kind of takes it out at you out of it though because you get really caught up in the story and then it's constantly reminding you that this that he's fine like that he makes it in the end and usually i like it if they bookend it but then you kind of forget that you were with him at the very beginning yeah. if you don't have the voiceovers. And so then when you see him in the end, you're like, Oh yeah, that's right. He's fine. You know, there is hope or whatever. Yeah,
0: it is a big problem in a horror film. I feel yeah. when you, when you know for sure that person's going to get out. Okay. Right. Uh, Cause the only question then you've got is, are you going to catch up to that scene three quarters of the way through the film? And then the right. last act takes place after that. But with this, it takes so long to get there. You know, that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Um, which does deflate the tension for sure. How you're the fresh eyes of stuff. You yes. haven't seen the series. You do you watch many 50s
2: movies? Mm, I, so in school, we definitely watched up until probably about the mid-1930s in classes, just because they take you through the history of it. So they kind of stop teaching you about like self-censorship self-cens- that happened in film. And we kind of stopped at thirty-five, and then I feel like we picked back up in the Mm -hmm. sixties. I feel like there's forties and fifties movies that just kind of. Oh, interesting! Yeah, they missed out Yeah. Lump. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they were in classes that I just didn't happen to take, but in (laughs) you just well, but in like history of cinema, that's they try to teach you the big concepts and the big things that happen. So they jumped from this is when no sex and no drugs and no anything was allowed anymore. And then we're going to pick back up when films started doing it again.
0: Okay. Um, Okay. So did the VO, did did that stand out to you? Or were you quite comfortable with it?
2: um, I mean, it stood out to me just because it was silly. (laughs) I'm used to VO after doing a Danny Boyle retrospective (laughs) podcast. There's plenty of VO, but he uses it as a tactic of helping you get into the mind of the person. It's not. He's not saying, I'm going to go yeah. do this now. And you're watching me do it as I talk to you and tell you that I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, I think the only place is where it's useful. And I still don't like it. But yeah, it's what you're saying. Well, when you're inside the head more. So he's talking about, you know, I hadn't felt fear for however many years or blah, blah, blah. So you definitely, it's like, well, you should still be able to convey that as an actor. Right. But yeah. And I think he was conveying it as an actor. <laughs> but at least that's, you know, something inside. Whereas when you're, as a VO, just describing your actions, <laughs> it's completely redundant and stupid yeah. to me. Uh, but anyway we get it for the rest of the movie i've kind of forget about it in places because it does disappear and then it just pops up again and you're Mm -hmm. like oh jesus all right (laughs) we're still doing this um but a kid runs out in the road in front of them as they're driving into town which i really like you're immediately introducing something that then he loops in at the end he says in the VO, i was running away much like the kid i've forgotten the name now Um, that he saw at the beginning of the film yeah
1: it was like johnny or billy or something
0: yeah and i like i like it's one of the reasons why i like sort of this high concept science fiction horror films is when they build stuff in right from the beginning and you can see the world's already there like when you go back and watch it you can see well that person's already a pod person and stuff but mm-hmm. it's you know kind of subtle and just on the undercurrent um and everyone just ignores it which i think is great um at least i was thinking about that until i'm distracted by the incredibly frilly boobs of his ex-girlfriend <laughs> who <suddenly> turns <laughs> up in his office
1: it's ridiculous <laughs> was again it's a lot of ruffle
0: it's hard for me to judge because i don't watch enough 50s films the girls wear this
1: stuff she was way overdressed like you could totally tell that they were trying to make her this like international european i've been in london for so long and like yeah. this is just the way people in london dress so this is the way i dress <laughs> now. Yeah, i can't confirm this is how girls dress right <laughs> um but it just it was you could definitely tell that they were immediately like this is the it girl this is the pretty girl and they're like bashing you over the head with that and I was like she could have shown up in like a really sleek pantsuit or something and you would have conveyed the same thing and I was like has no one ever seen Sabrina you know she never wears like those really intense cocktail dresses because it had no place at all she was going to see him at the doctor's office and then she was going to the hardware store she wasn't I was waiting for her to say, like, oh, I have to go to this tea, like, this high tea yeah. or something. But she didn't mention that. She was like, I have to go to the hardware store. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, <is scary? laughs> what are you? Yeah. So, and she doesn't dress like that the whole way through. No, so. later on, she, I. She's in, like, in like jeans. It's like,
2: oh, I like that skirt with the flowers on yeah. it. Yeah. You look
1: like a normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Which she could have been wearing at the first scene. Yeah. And she would have been totally fine. Because she's very striking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah it was I wasn't. Yeah, it was, it was only at the
0: end of the film where I was, oh, she has short hair and she's really pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rest yeah. of the movie was just distracted by yeah. either she's too much in the background or she's wearing crazy things.
1: Yeah, like,
0: wow. exactly. I um, also love the, uh, the romantic music that 50s movies bring in. Because most of the time, I kind of enjoy the music of this film because I know it's low budget, but it's like they always get a big, proper orchestra in mm-hmm. for these films, which is great. Uh, but as soon as the girl walks in it just goes to like (laughs) and it's all just waltzy and you're like here we go um so i want to ask you two because i had to compile you know the synopsis that we just read um and in that it states ex-boyfriend ex-girlfriend she's just coming back from a divorce did you guys get all this from the movie because
1: i thought she was still married okay so that's why i was like oh this guy's kind of a douchebag and i thought that like her living with her dad was her husband of one at first and i was like dude this is so seedy for being 1956 (laughs) that they're just like openly kissing in public and etc but i guess if you look back on it you're like okay they're both divorced and you're supposed to assume that they were going they were like Believed to be that couple and then you know, she went away or he went away or something happened and they ended up marrying other people And then those people died or got divorced or something
0: and they both just might light about it Like right because that was the only thing like I kind of had that pre-knowledge going in So I did get it and I kind of admire the film in a way for playing it really subtle. Like you're drip fed what their relationship used to be. And it's a little yeah. while until they say, oh, well, no, he says it's been five years, right? Beginning, but you don't know five years since what? Right. And then later on kind of saying, oh, I should have asked you to marry me like back then kind of thing. And, um, but I don't know. I would have got what their relationship was. Yeah.
2: They have that conversation in the kitchen when she's making him eggs mm-hmm. and he's saying, and then she says, would. I don't know if she said, "Does your wife do this for you?" or "Did your would your wife?" Okay, yeah. So that I mean, that was one thing. Is I didn't catch if what the tense was, uh, and I was like, "Is this a wife who's still present? Someone in the past, or just a imaginative future wife?" Yeah, that was the
1: only time that I realized that they were divorced or not married anymore because of that tense. Yeah. So I think they really hooked it on this like critical use of one word versus another. Because I think the phrase was like. Did you do that, or did your wife ever do this for you? And he's like, Did you ever do this for your husband? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, like it cements,
0: yeah, what otherwise we might not not
1: exactly? Because otherwise you're like, This is not <laughs> cool, confused. man. How are their neighbors <laughs> so okay with this?
0: That said, though, I did kind of. I mean, while again it's 1950s film, I know there was some strong roles being written for women at the time, but for the most part, they were pushed into the sidelines, like in this. Oh, so yeah. taking that for granted for a second, I did like the dynamic between them i thought it was kind of interesting to have one almost like they're not meeting for the first time and falling in love they're not already like two lovebirds trying to run off and get married i thought it was kind of cool to have the sassiness between them and they both like make out right at the beginning of the movie and then mm-hmm. play it like it didn't matter and i don't know i thought it was kind of oddly refreshing kind yeah. of that they had history again um and you could see that they still cared about each other but it wasn't like well not until later on and we'll get to it but it didn't seem like their lives depended upon each other in terms of yeah. love sort of thing it just seems like
1: but they definitely yeah. plant that seed no pun intended like the first time <laughs> that they do kiss yeah they have like that real kiss so um
0: so yeah then we get uh yeah he's re- he, he's back in his office he's realizing that people don't need him anymore uh, people are changing their minds, which is strange. And then this kid comes running in, and it's the same kid, isn't it, from the opening, I'm presuming? Mm-hmm. Um, who's claiming that his mother isn't actually his mother um and it's all upset. So, what does he do? He slaps the kid on his butt, and sends Gives him, him some wife. aspirin or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like his Prozac. Days, just just, that, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs>
1: everything will be purple for a couple hours.
2: It'll be fine. <laughs>
0: um,. But again, for me, knowing the concept of invasion of body snatches, I like that we're right in the thick of it. Like it, you can see, it's already happening around him. He's just not picking up on it, um, and it does build really quickly. um For you, Ali, are you picking up on like on stuff in it, or does it just seem?
2: Yeah, because he's told that it's happening to Becky's cousin first, right before yeah. mm-hmm. the kid, and then at first I would, I didn't really understand. I mean, the title, and then having come into it, having that conversation that we had earlier um i wasn't sure if it was just going to happen to one specific group of people just one family and then so once the kid came in i realized it was more of an epidemic type of thing mm.
0: okay okay um so then i have one question which is what is spoon bread so i'm just looking it up now. <laughs> it is a moist cornmeal based dish prevalent in parts of the southern u.s there you go um oh, delicious
1: it's like cornbread. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, just because, yeah, he goes around to Becky's cousins um, and we get yeah, our first sort of proper exposition on her explaining what if, that there's something wrong with her uncle, Ira, who doesn't have any other. He's just uncle to everyone, apparently, which yeah. is a bit confusing. <laughs> what
2: about Uncle Ira?
0: Um, but there's something off with him that he has the same memories. He has the same face. He has the same everything, opinions, uh, but there's just no emotion there with him
1: he doesn't look at yeah what's her name Myra no I run Myra uh <laughs> run. the cousin
0: I don't remember the cousin's
1: name either. she can't she says that she was always his favorite and he doesn't look at her with the same amount of love but like any love in his eyes like she just kept saying like his eyes are dead etc yeah so
0: um so we are kind of uh skipping over something that I know a lot of podcasts will focus on I don't want to focus on too much and I'll, I'll tell you why but a lot of people do believe these films have a lot to do with McCarthyism. They have a lot to do with communism. Uh, there was, you know, lines later of like, this is the easier way to live. Everyone's going to end up this way anyway. Everything you know, it's better to have no emotions. Yeah, just everyone be one unity. It's for sure that um, the director, uh, what's so both Kevin McCarthy, the star, and Jack Finney, um, who wrote the story, denied that the story is a statement against McCarthyism and communism. Um, but director Don Siegel believes that the political references are inescapable. Um, He was just trying not to emphasize emphasize them too much, Mm -hmm. um, which I appreciate. It's one of those films that people do love to tear apart in that way. And you can totally read it that way. But I feel you could read it. I I feel it's just one of those... The reason why the story's so great is because it's a broad topic to cover that can be appropriate for any generation for a different reason.
1: Yeah, I think politics is an easy way to pin it. And I think at that time, everything was really turbulent. So it is... Uh, the natural route but at the same time you could use it today as like this is comparing itself to obesity like this like slow moving disease but that suddenly is on you you know and like that no one really thinks is a problem and like this will it's it's fine to ignore etc and it's best to just you know follow the herd yeah um sort of thing exactly
0: And that's why I do think it can work for any generation. So, yeah, yeah, I feel for sure for the time that it was made in, yeah, it has a lot to accidentally or purposely say about communism. But the writer himself said he wasn't trying to make a statement. So, that's why I don't want to discuss it too much. Um, and then he takes uh, Becky out on a date, I guess um now i find this really interesting because they go for all this bother of driving to a place they see the psychiatrist leaving the restaurant they go in a restaurant it's all empty they have this little conversation with the owner who's like oh no one's been around for three weeks which you think as a restaurant owner would start to worry yeah
1: you? he's like had to fire the band and everything yeah
0: um And then he gets a phone call immediately, which I love this idea of people, everyone just knows where he is. (laughs) Like they just, it's in old films, they always just know wherever you are, which is probably the only time in, like from now on in history, people will always know where you are. (laughs) Whereas in those days, it's like you're anonymous. It's weird, Um, but yeah, they bring him up and he has to leave straight away. And it felt really weird to me and kind of again in a cool way, but it's just like never in a movie nowadays would you write a scene where they go for the bother of traveling to somewhere and then as soon as they get there's like, Oh, we we gotta go now before we did right. the thing we came there to do. He just like leaves immediately.
1: Well, I think that scene was literally just to show, you know, him trying to be in her life again. Yeah. And her giving into it, you know, because otherwise they would never have really been intimate with each other and it would have been really weird to jump from oh, I have to go see my dad at his shop to me taking your lifeless body out of your bed in the middle of the
0: night. Yeah, that's true. But I just mean, you could do it in any other context of a scene in terms of them, you know, doing something that progresses the plot. Like he had to go and see another patient immediately. And while there, they have that conversation and he kisses her in the driveway or something like you didn't like, but I kind of liked it. It was just kind of took me by surprise because you're ready to get into a scene and then it's interrupted and taken Mm -hmm. away. Um, very, he did
1: not come back he lied he to the bartender like no. hey, don't worry The man had to drink all those martinis <laughs>
0: <laughs> god damn it <laughs> my only oh, my only guest um, yeah I also noticed uh, while on the date he's, he's been all chivalrous to her and then he doesn't let her pick her own drink or a table to sit on as well <laughs> yeah um, but yeah he's been called to go around to his friend um, oh god damn it where's my list of names
1: Teddy it's, and something Jack yeah, is Jack, yeah. Jack Jack
0: Jack, Jack um yeah uh, who has found a body just lying on the counter now i'm not sure it was the body just lying on the counter to begin with i missed that
1: he said he moved it okay yeah he said he he found it and he moved it to the pool table
0: okay okay um which has no fingerprints um it, it definitely had features but they're talking about it as if it had no features um and it did look a lot like jack i actually had to google him on imdb to see did they cast an actor who had a twin brother because mm-hmm. he looked very similar in his bone structure and stuff but uh, wasn't him and his wife is freaking out and presents the idea that it's gonna that it's turning into him or that it looks a lot like him and jack's playing it pretty cool until she says that and then spits out his drink um <laughs> and i do like he then like <laughs> i just love how this whole scene plays out it's all as they all come in and it's your fir- it's your turning point like this is your like moving in second act here's like they can't ignore it anymore something really fucking weird is happening there's a dead man on the counter who has no like fingerprints looks a lot like jack it's the same height same weight same build which
1: the doctor totally guessed yeah Yeah. he (laughs) looks like he's about hey he's a doctor It's like you're those those things (laughs) oh my god
0: but then they're also like ah let's have a drink shall we and the wife's the only one who's given an appropriate reaction the men are just playing it totally cool throughout the whole (laughs) thing yeah and then even after that when they leave and he says to them look if nothing happens by the morning call the police if something happens you call me and jack's like okay like i'll do that and then his last jack's last line is uh, it's like oh it's great it's a charming blood-curdling mystery story
1: well because he was a writer oh yeah so, Okay. like okay, he okay. was a, a
0: is know, that how to get away with this stuff it's like he was a creative people aren't fazed by anything
1: something like that i think but that's how you kind of put the sensationalism in it. it's like that's just where your head goes because that's your line of work Right, right. Whereas right. his wife was the one who was more discerning because she's not a crime novel writer.
0: I still feel if a dead body that looks just like you turned up on you.
1: Yeah. In your in house. Yeah. You hey, I don't think out. I would be picking it up and bringing it inside. Right. I would be. And
0: I wouldn't ring the doctor, I'd did ring it, the police yeah. straight away.
1: Inside or did they find it outside of their home? I don't know. They don't tell you. He just says I found it and I brought <laughs> it in and put it on the pool table. Said, I'll carry you inside. Yeah.
0: Which is going to leave me later to one of my big problems with this film, and I'm going to be interested if they solve it with the other ones. Um, well, the
1: thing go. I had an issue with this scene because you're made to make some very well. He, the Doctor Miles makes some very large leaps in his conclusion process in that one even before they've taken this thing's fingerprints and found that it has no fingerprints. He says to the wife. I can bet you anything that if I was to cut this body open, that all of its organs would be in perfect order. Yeah. And I have no idea what the basis for that conclusion is, is other than the fact that it looks like it has no real defining features and it sort of resembles her husband. Yeah. Like he makes some really drastic jumps and it kind of bothered me a bit because they they try to like dun 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 it but you have no basis for that
0: no i agree so completely. it's kind of like
1: well you wouldn't as a doctor that makes me trust you way less
0: yeah because... no you needed this entire scene to be longer to have him doing an autopsy for yeah to find weird things going on with it gradually Instead, yeah. so they just look at it and figure out so much and this happens again later in the film where they figure out everything in the yeah. scene <laughs> of exposition pure and i don't really know why like it was something which um I have, yeah, a little thing here with the with the actor, apparently, who didn't like um, the dialogue in the film. Um, where is it? Da, 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 da. Sorry, I have so many notes written down But here. even
1: if they would have just, like, pricked the body to make sure it had blood in it, you yeah. know, just something. He didn't even open its eyes to see if it had eyes. Like, right. could have just been a dummy or something, like a practical joke. Yep. And they never even think of that. So, yeah, it was kind of far-fetched at the beginning yeah and then for them to be like well i need a drink call me in the morning if nothing's changed <laughs> all, all right we'll just let this body yeah. rot
0: out on the table uh yeah kevin mccarthy wasn't a big fan of the script feeling that in streamlining the novel to be so short uh a shorter film depth of character was lost uh, his quote was lacking the curves and nuances that you often hear in the conversation of ordinary mature men and women which <laughs> <All laughs> i right. thought was an interesting way to put it um, but yeah i agree like we're trying to streamline it down so much it i mean it works for me because it's a nine fifties film you know the action's not going to be as satisfying probably as a modern movie once they get to that yeah um so runtime does matter and like i feel it's i don't really want it to be any longer but the exposition is kind of leaps of imagination from
1: I also wonder if it was because it was in the 1950s and this was the time that they're trying to get families or younger kids able to go into cinemas that they didn't want to make it too gory or have any gruesome, like you said, autopsy scene where they like, you know, cut him down his chest or something so that kids couldn't get into cinema to see it because then they can pitch it as like there's a tiny little bit of blood, but the rest is not gory humor or gory horror
0: yeah i think that's so. true uh, I, I think it's also but i do think there is something what you're, s- you're saying earlier like hitchcock hadn't come around yet and added more but like gore yeah. into film like i don't think they were used to i feel most horror films were still pulpy in this day and age where kids were it was more appropriate for kids right i feel um and apparently also like this film had a lot more humor um, in a, in the original cut which was then taken out in test screenings because people were laughing in the wrong places of mm. <laughs> the movie um, and in the 50s it was difficult like people weren't used to horror and humour being mixed together right. um, and I do feel there's evidence of that left over from his character like his character has that playboy kind of comedy feel and I could Im- I could imagine if you had a longer version where that comedy was left in then the exposition jumps wouldn't matter so much because you're like well we're just along for a pop ride Whereas it is playing it very straight. So it jars more I feel when they kind of just understand things that they couldn't possibly understand. Right. Um. Yeah. So then they go, he goes and takes Becky back to her house. Um, I'm with you, Katie. I thought it was going to be her husband's house. <laughs> <Don't> you realize, <laughs> no, it's her dad um, who is emerging suspiciously from the basement. Uh, and then uh, Jack's pod person wakes up back at his house. They call Miles. Who then calls his friend the psychiatrist danny kaufman um jack says to miles what about becky do you think that she's all right and he gets a flashback to her suspicious dad coming out of the basement um, which i love that bit where he which sort of turns you... around on the phone and he sees his own basement yeah. <laughs> and then you have to have the flashback as well as him looking at the basement <laughs> and like surely just his friend on the phone saying what about becky do you think she's all right like that's all you need that's yeah. of... <laughs> he doesn't need to run off like he did but that's yeah. what we need for him to think or maybe but then i feel like they're like we need to create enough dramatic impetus for him to yeah break into her house yeah. essentially
1: which we've already seen that psychiatrist before we saw him outside of the restaurant mm-hmm. yeah um because he says one of my favorite lines where he says even these days it's not as easy to go crazy as you'd think because yeah. he's explaining to him how like mass hysteria works and once it catches on that it can just kind of breed itself without anyone realizing and it can get out of hand really quickly and he's telling her wilma that's the girl's name he's telling uh the doctor what's his name miles he's telling him to send wilma to his office the next day or monday or whatever to basically have a session with him because yeah. he thinks that she's got crazy
0: she's got the crazy she's got the mm-hmm. crazy uh so meanwhile miles creeps into becky's basement as we kind of described before with lots of vo exposition uh <laughs> lights a match which has some nice fignetting i have to say the first time but then the match goes out and he lights it again in a room that's. Doesn't <laughs> <it, you laughs> need it.
2: Shadows as he walks through in light, shining on his face. I'm like, you're perfectly lit.
0: there's <laughs> One of my big frustrations with most horror films is when they like <laughs> do matches in places where you don't need a match. Yeah. Um, and then he finds Becky in a I don't recall those things. A, like storage. Yeah, containers. it's just like <laughs> like a chest,
1: chest or something. I feel it's like, like
0: where your compost would go or something. Even I don't know. It's like a weird.
2: Anyway,
1: it's like the the door to the a shed or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, like an underground
0: one he finds a version of becky anyway uh sort of naked and covered in what looks like sort of webs um and again takes another leap of exposition immediately realizes it's not her i feel if you went there and you find this body you think oh my god maybe this is becky is she all right like is yeah. she dead?" She doesn't even check is for a pulse <laughs> <laughs> doesn't see like what's going on like has her father killed her because that's what you might might guys like her father was acting suspicious right maybe he's killed her and put her in this thing but nope. He immediately uh, knows to go running upstairs in his sexy robe. Uh, finds the real Becky in her bed after that great dramatic opening the door to her father's bedroom mm-hmm. and then shutting it again <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> the camera sees it. Okay.
2: Yeah. He is asleep. Don't worry. <laughs> uh,
0: but he can't wake her, so he carries her out of his car and and or uh, uh, sorry, out to his car and over to the Belichick's. Is that how you say it's called? Or yeah. Six? Uh, where his friend danny kaufman has already turned up and wants to see the bodies but the one in the bellachix is mm-hmm. gone so they go to becky's and hers has gone already uh they also just cut into the scene i'm presuming all three of the guys now crept into her basement through mm-hmm. the window
1: yeah they did because <laughs> then her dad like calls Comes the cops yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's fairly validated <laughs> it's like a year, three or four minutes that men is just-
0: honestly probably my favorite scene not in genuinely is my favorite scene but in that it was so fucking hilarious so yeah like (laughs) danny doesn't believe them um and he thinks it's just like a normal mystery and that they're just like going crazy and they saw a dead body who had like taken acid to his fingertips and blah 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 freaked them out they turned them as hysteria so they were starting to imagine things um and then Becky's dad comes down with his gun. It's like, I call the police. What the fuck's going on? And the psychiatrist, like Kaufman, she's there going, oh, well, thank goodness you did. You saved us a trip <laughs> because these <laughs> men are suffering from a delusion. Let's yeah. all talk about it. And he's like, what? You're all in my basement. What
1: the fuck yeah, because he on? says, what are you guys doing down here? And he says, you're using your basement as an office because these two need psychiatric
2: help. And I was like, and the guy's like, okay. Oh, that makes
1: sense.
0: <laughs> it's like, you're dating on. my daughter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> The was... shot of the police officer just oh it's in the amazing holding his gun like what's going on yeah. in here he's all like they...
1: slack about it it's kind of yeah. just, like, <laughs> <laughs> just like limp-wristed
2: gangster yeah sideways. i guess
0: <laughs> i absolutely love this scene it was so funny it was really funny um and then as it wraps up like miles like turns to calvin and says well you went pick up the marbles which i thought was a really good that's line. that's a great line. line i don't know um yeah this is for me where all the urgency and the coherency in the move, movie started to just fall apart a bit It was like i was i don't know about you too but i've actually kind of been with the movie up until this point i was like it's antiquated there's some weird like jumps of exposition but i was liking the build of it i'm liking the town the little town feel of it mm-hmm. i like his role he's kind of you know he's a bit of a doofus but he's also quite charming um she's not doing much but i kind of like the dynamic between them and the build i feel was pretty good and then this is the scene where it just kind of started to feel a bit too hooky for me um and as soon as you introduce danny Kaufman, he's just like he's just a really annoying psychiatrist character <laughs> of oh, you're all just crazy but don't worry about it that's fine <laughs> <laughs> and it was frustrating me i feel um but you, you still with the movie
1: um yeah, I was. It was more like, I'm on this ride. We'll see how they play it out. Because you kind of understand the story. At least I did, because I have seen the other ones. But um, I guess that's more my question for you, Ali, is like, ha- had you figured it out, did you like know what the rest was going to be?
2: Yeah, I th- that was one of the things, was that going through it, once you realize what's happening, it's fairly predictable. And I don't think... I mean if anything was to deter me off i like i don't know that i was necessarily not with it at the beginning and then or with it and then not with it at a specific point just because like we talked about the voiceover being super silly so i was like well this is how the movie is this is how it's going to be the whole time it's going to be gimmicky and funny and silly Mm -hmm. and not make sense and so i was kind of just expecting that the whole time which we got it the whole time (laughs) we did so yeah it didn't I mean, this, the scene is fun and easy to make fun of, for there's sure. There's at but the end of that word. I mean, it's also easy to make fun of all the voiceover leading up to it and the, you know, yeah. crazy assumptions and predictions and everything that's happened before.
0: But it just feels working for me up until this point. I don't know why. Like it start, As soon as they start to introduce the horror proper, it started to fall apart a bit for me. But then you have this kind of interesting etch-a-sketch thing where they kind of shake the board and he sort of decided, okay, yeah, I'm crazy. And you get the next morning and it's all sunshine and it's the scene we talked about before where you she's cooking for him and they mm-hmm. Established for sure that they're both divorced. So mm-hmm. the audience go. Oh, okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Both of our leads aren't complete ourselves um,
1: Interestingly though the scene that you think that she would look like a 1950s housewife is the scene that she does not She's yeah. in jeans and a flannel shirt yep. for this which don't look like her character at all Because nope. she's been in really full feminine, skirts and dresses and, yeah. up to this point and yeah i I was like what is but the only assumption i could make was that she had to sleep over without going home so she borrowed some of his clothes and he's like a size two very yeah very tight yeah pants that he (laughs) likes to wear (laughs) yeah
0: um yeah so then you find out that becky's cousin she's suddenly okay um and this for me is the most interesting scene in the film Um, And again, as we get into the other ones, I'm going to be looking out for this because I hadn't noticed it before. But up until this point, you've seen everything through his perspective of what's going on, which I love. For me, in a horror film or a science fiction film, I want to see it from one person or two people's perspective. I want to be with them the whole way through the movie, not cut away to any other things, not learn information that they don't know I want to be with them. And suddenly they make a weird decision where he sees a cousin. She's saying she's fine. She walks into a room with uh is that with uncle i think or, it was no, with it
1: her with becky's dad yes was in there
0: becky's dad and the music changes and her voice completely changes from the happiness that she had outside and yeah. she just like and immediately is telling us oh no these people are pod people and there's something going on and it's giving us information that he doesn't have and this is a really mm-hmm. weird decision for me because it's not in keeping with everything else in the film um and it did bother me i have to say um And then...
1: Well, I I think it was necessary because you're in this mind frame at this point that you're like, maybe he is just crazy and you're meant to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And he's like, oh, I'm so glad you're feeling better. Like, everyone's feeling better. And then, you know, you need that kind of sharp contrast of everything is definitely not okay. And then you kind of have this, like, hunted sensation for your leads because she's like... She asks Becky, you know, why weren't you at home last night or something? And she's like, oh, I was at Miles's. And she, it, I don't remember why she, how she validated that because she's like, why? And she, I don't remember what she says. um But then she No, she's it's like, him. It's
0: him. And he says to her, Oh, you can ask her about it. It's a long story. Oh, Which that's made me chuckle. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, that just sounds it's even t- more inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it, <laughs> you have this sort of like story.
1: surveillance feel for them of they're being watched and like,
0: Yeah, I didn't need that, though, because for me, like, it's more, for me as a viewer, it's more, it builds more dread in me that they, all they can control as a filmmaker and a storyteller is I'm with this character, I'm learning information, they Mm -hmm. can't control how I interpret that information, I might interpret it different than he was. And when you get that happy morning, you as a viewer know, well, I I bought a ticket to go and see Invasion of the Body Snatchers, so I know what I'm in for, he doesn't. So you've already got an advantage over him. And so like when you get to those scenes and you see he's starting to like feel well everything's actually okay and you and the viewer know it's not, that to me is like a more plummeting kind of dread feeling of now he's more vulnerable and I know he is and I wanna but I don't know for sure where that's gonna come from. And as soon as they cut away and show that for me it was just I don't know, it felt cheap, it felt like a trick.
1: I felt like me. it was it made him feel vulnerable or look vulnerable because they both believed her. You know, she's like she convinces them and then she's able to have the second personality but I you just know. Know. and then you realize that a she's probably turned and then you also start to see there is a possibility of violence from these people because it's up to this point you're not really afraid of them they're just these uh, lying corpses that don't really move and don't do anything and but you you don't really know how dangerous they're going to be yet so i just I didn't know. i
0: just didn't like sharing his private time between them i didn't like how they portrayed it like it just seemed too robotic she just walks into the room and it seemed very autonomous and very just yeah cliched and it's just more like the way they portrayed them later on is way more interesting to me because they still they seems more logical and that's like good science fiction where it seems more like they have a real reason for what they're doing yeah. whereas in this it just seemed to be menacing basically yeah um and i just wanted to continue being with him like, with how he was kind of seeing stuff. And I know that maybe it's coming from her. Like, she's seeming like it's okay now. Well, I know she's probably not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for me. I don't need anything else.
1: And plus, who doesn't say, oh, did you book me in for a psychiatrist appointment? Oh, I'm better. I don't need <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> not hearing voices anymore. I'm not crazy." in every
0: court. Yeah.
1: <laughs> for your
2: doctor to be like, okay. Sure, I'll call and cancel for you. Yeah.
0: Uh, but then the little kid's okay too. Um and then we get they all decide to have a barbecue party because that's what you would do isn't it um so him his friend jack jack's wife and uh his girlfriend uh miles his girlfriend god damn I've forgotten becky becky thank you uh, Are all hanging out uh, <laughs> uh hanging out and grilling some foods um and then this is when, because I had just written down, oh, we've been showing something that he doesn't know for the first time with those two talking, and then they do it again in the next scene. And I thought, oh, this is going to become a regular thing now. But luckily, it's not. Uh, but we get shown the foaming pods before he does. So he keeps walking into this greenhouse, which kind of comes out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I have that written down. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> why does he randomly <laughs> have a fucking greenhouse? <laughs> it really huge and, really and it's beautiful it's and similar. it's all lush and it's. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I would have expected him to have a greenhouse, but it to all like all the plants be dead. He's been out of town for three months. Or yeah. something? Who's taking hey, he's got a
0: gardener who comes and looks after Ooh, his... it's probably the same, see that guy It's probably the <laughs> same nurse, personal assistant. Yeah, right. Like everything <laughs> she does all the stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um uh,
0: yeah, it was a bit strange. But you get him walking in and out of the greenhouse. Um what's he getting? I wasn't even paying attention.
1: He was getting something to light the barbecue. Oh, okay. Because they have this awesome line of Teddy saying, Give me one of those martinis and make it dry. And she's like, for what? And he says, for this barbecue, I can't get it to light. And he's like, this is for drinking. And yeah. she's all like, oh, this is a dry martini it a light on fire. It's
0: 1950 swingers parties. That's so what the scene looks yeah. like it's leading up to. Um, but yeah, so then we get shown these foaming uh, seed pods in his greenhouse just before he sees them. Um, uh, and then, so yeah, then they all come in to witness the pods as they open up and things start falling out. Uh, it's really goopy and really cool actually. I was mm-hmm. kinda of surprised. I yeah. didn't expect it to look as good as this. Um I thought the pods are great. The effects in this movie, so from their three hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget. Fifteen thousand dollars that's all they spent on visual effects um in this movie. Yeah. And I think they did them pretty wisely. Um because you get these pods opening, it's got like bubbles all inside them and stuff, to do some reverse stuff on it that's kind of cool. Things yeah. formless creatures sort of fall out, and then they very quickly develop into these full Body versions of the four people, um and there's some stories about like the actress had a horrible time because she was claustrophobic, and they had to well, make casts of your whole body and just put uh, straws up your nose and cover you in like a sarcophagus to like oh, get the imprint of your naked too. body and stuff. And then the producer came in and freaked out because we were getting like naked bodies in a horror film, so he went and told the effects crew to like not let them be naked and stuff and then the director would go behind his back and tell him like you better fucking let these be oh naked so then they ended up covering them with bubbles so you can, can't see anything anyway but maybe in the 50s is a bit more risque you see some neck
1: yeah well know. you like shoulders which you've seen on her already yeah with her dresses
0: no all so. i saw was frilly boobs that's all i've seen <laughs> um but yeah it's looking pretty cool and i was pretty uh, impressed with it um what i'm not impressed with is how quickly the entire team figures out everything that's going on they come in they think everything's okay they see these pods they don't even freak out about it they just immediately start putting it together of oh my god these must be the things they haven't seen the pods before have they Mm-mm. it's the first time seeing the pods they realize these are the pods then these are what are creating people they must be creating replicas they start asking questions well what happens to the real poster guy i don't know they probably like die or they disintegrate or something so then you don't need to ask about that again mm-hmm. <laughs> they start like they realize that it has to happen when you're asleep like they establish all this stuff yeah within about 10 seconds of just looking at these parts <laughs> with things falling out before they've even formed into anything and yeah. that's even before like they become like i can understand maybe if you've got identical versions and they've just been asleep or something like that and right. woken up to it you might figure it out but the biggest problem for me is that this establishes something in which then I'm trying to figure out for the rest of the movie, which is what is the fucking rule with these pods? I get you have to go to sleep. I get they then create you. We don't see what happens to your body, but yeah, sure, it disintegrates or whatever. They, is it just proximity? Like, because they're not attached to you in any way. Mm-mm. It just seems to be if they're near you when you sleep, they'll re- replicate you. But how do they do they just intelligently? Do, I mean, do they do paper, scissors? <laughs> like to, to, how do they figure out which pod's going to replicate which person if they're in proximity to multiple peoples? Well, so that I they're not they just, just making do, the same person like oh
1: there are four people who need to be replicated and the pods choose you, like by knowing that you're not an alien, so they just cho- like each one chooses a different one so of you. So po- the
0: but that's what I mean. So the pods have to be intelligent, yeah, because they have to pick not the same and person as the other pods. right? Yeah.
2: Choose the same, yeah. yeah, yeah. Becky.
0: Otherwise, like you just have four of the girl to pop out, and all the pods. Are, oh shit! No, we should have, we should have really, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have talked this one over, guys. Before we, it just seems really weird to me. And they play uh, crazy with that role throughout the rest of the movie. And just like where do these pods need to be how close do they have to be to you yeah to replicate you you know like, what is the proximity I, I like not knowing all the rules in a film but this just seemed like a little bit one step too far for me where you kind of just it's whatever you need it to be for yeah. whatever scene um uh yeah and then so he's he miles he shows himself as a hero I, I feel this is the scene where he really shows himself as a hero he tells jack and his his wife to get out of town and try and get help um while him and becky stay to ring up uh well they try and ring the fbi originally Mm -hmm. they can't get through they fear that maybe the pod people have already got hold of the lines so they quite smartly realize you have to keep the lines going otherwise they'll know everyone's fled and then they'll come looking for them um so they decide to stay behind and keep ringing the police basically again and again until they don't (laughs) decide to just run and throw away that plan after about Mm -hmm. two minutes of trying um uh, yeah, um, and then he goes in to stab the pod people who have been made, and I like that he sort of hesitates over his girlfriend. You get to see him with him like looking down at her, and he's like, "Oh, I can't, I just can't do it." And then he goes over to his friend, and he's like, "Yep," that and one's just fine. <laughs> stabs him <laughs> straight away, <laughs> doesn't give a shit. Um, and then they flee into the night.
2: Yeah, and we don't see what happens to it when he stabs it because I was curious if that I was assuming that that was gonna then affect the actual person oh interesting I, like, mm, I wonder if this will go somewhere and then it doesn't you don't see the body that he's stabbing you don't see the other guy for a while
0: so you thought it might be linked or something yeah yeah because again like these pop people could they do establish earlier until the pop people open their eyes it hasn't finished yeah and presumably i don't know do they really tell you that in this film because i know from other films but that once they've opened their eyes the real person is dead
1: i don't know i didn't know that okay Because you don't know. No one tells you. They're just like, oh, so-and-so, I found this body. It looks like me. We assume that it is the first of these body snatcher pod people. Um, Then the guy's like, you know, wait, see if it wakes up. Or when you wake up, if it's the same, then don't tell me. Or call the cops or et cetera. And it's just this, like, very sloppy, jumbled story at the beginning. It's very thrown-together a lot of assumptions are made and I get it that it's like, oh, you're in the 1950s. Like this at that time was scary, but it's you want those classics to evolve with light. like you want them to be classics for a reason and they should stand up toward the end. Why are you scowling at me? No, I am
0: just not, like <laughs> it could still be a classic movie just because like it had like they didn't follow through and explain well what happens to the bodies. Like I feel
1: yeah, but that's a huge gap in the plot.
0: Well, not really, because it doesn't really matter. It's kind of like either you become that's the, the person. But that's where the fear
1: comes from. Like, I don't know if it does. I, I mean, I feel the
0: fear comes from. I feel the fear comes from the stuff. I mean, I'm with you. I think it's dumb that it's not here. Like it's very easy to just put it in somewhere, right? Even not in a gruesome, you know, effects way. Yeah. Like it's something that's still PC enough for 50s, just in dialogue or whatever. But. I, I don't like I think the fear comes from the regular people not knowing around them who they can trust anymore I don't think the fear comes from really you worrying about yourself turning into one I feel more the fear is us kind of going oh I don't know who around me is. yeah
1: but I mean even at the beginning like what's so bad about those people they just acted the same you couldn't even tell half the time if they were them or not
2: emotion I oh, know the but gone. they didn't know that no but that's
1: like everyone's no, just like something
0: noticing. off so everyone's just like there's something key something's off it's like
2: he doesn't love me the same way yeah you can't see that it, what was she saying about her uncle yeah he know. doesn't look
1: at me the same yeah
2: so i feel the fear just comes the fear just comes from that just oh, something
0: weird. something's off i feel like what actually happened to that person and I think it's actually an interesting thing that that maybe we'll see later on in this retrospective some of the other films dealing with more, or maybe mm-hmm. we won't. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping some of them deal with more. But there's actually a really cool kind of philosophical discussion to do with well, then what is you? You know, like at what point you know are what you? They still you? have your memory. <laughs> what is you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what makes like what is what creates a person when you still have memories and you still look the same way and you still articulate the same way and you're cogent and you understand that you know they understand that they've adapted like they're this weird sort of hybrid when they become a pop person where they understand who they have taken over and also presently what they you know the space whatever it is that they that they came from which in this film isn't very clear mm-hmm. um and i think is definitely defined more in later ones and had something which I think there's you know, so many different aspects of how you can explore that with these movies. And this one certainly does not, no, not at all. This one just plays into 50s sort of paranoia. Of right. You don't know who you can trust, basically. And I feel, I'm, I agree with you completely, but I just, that. this film definitely- It didn't ruin it or anything
1: for me. It was just, that was, to me, it kind of threw me off at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you have those outstanding questions that you, as a viewer, think are going to be answered and then they're just left- vague and irrelevant. And you feel like they are, or at least I felt like that was really relevant. Um, because that's, that to me was kind of, well, I, yes, there are, it's obvious that I would be scared if I was like, Oh my God, that thought that corpse that's slowly forming a shape is turning into me. And there's possibility that like, I won't be me anymore, but I would also, I don't know. I think that it would like add an extra level of scared to me. If I was like, what happens to my body? Oh, it just evaporates. But if you're like, oh, it gets beamed up into a spaceship and then there are two of you, <laughs> you're like, wah! You know, so there's just, I don't On know. On the
0: way to making my band.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're yeah, bent. no,
0: that's true, actually. Like, not not from my memory, do any of these deal with your own personal fear of like, what's going to happen to me? Yeah. Kind of like, people are scared of dying, but uh, but it's more just that sort of primal evasion.
1: Yeah, because what if it was like, no, you die. But then there's like this farce of you that continues to exist. And it's like, well, do I know? Like, is there my consciousness in that? Do I still know that I'm in there? Or if it's like- Or if that alien just takes over and runs like my body as though it's a robot. Yeah. And just steals all of my memories. So it's like, get out. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, that is, cause are you dying or are you just losing love? Like, are you losing that emotion? Yeah. So these are the deep, dark questions (laughs) (laughs) that have existed off of this.
2: (laughs) It's interesting to me that those things are a problem for you with this one. Having seen other movies and understanding like the story of this is, I mean, they're all based off of a book before the movies. So clearly there's a story behind it and like everything has Mm -hmm. its own Bible, essentially the pod people and how Mm -hmm. they work and how it works. So it's interesting that knowing that information that you still catch on and feel confused
1: and bothered
0: by it yeah yeah if to me it's just one of those things which fairly or unfair i just write off as it's a 1950s film
1: no i do but yeah. i also just know but it might not be fair and like, like and it's, hard, that's, it like, for it's hard
0: for me to judge it critically because i just don't know enough of what's going right. on around it at that time
2: we were also all surprised and impressed by the scene when they are watching the pods grow into bodies yeah the yes. greenhouse Did yeah very well so there i mean maybe they spent all their budget just on that <laughs> it's <These laughs> quite possible yeah yeah they could have <laughs> just done that, that scene do. in reverse but, but you, you just go. need <laughs> but again
0: like you just need a line of dialogue like to back yeah, you I up know, with you with that. Yeah. yeah you just need a of dialogue of like oh like we found the body of this person or something i don't yeah. know just something yeah
2: anyway or they found the clothes without the body
1: yeah like what it would be so scary if they were just going around like the pod people going around and taking the old bodies and like making funeral pyres and like setting it all on fire you know and it was just like there that would be crazy but it, you just you lose any of that i don't know this is me trying to improve that was 39 they could do that if
2: yeah. No, I'm
0: not saying they couldn't do it. I'm just saying maybe it's, this is just not important to anyone. Yeah, all I'm saying <laughs> maybe is this don't. is just no, my I'm brain. At this got point, caught they don't care. I don't think. I think now we do. I think now we want to know way more about you know all of the ins and outs of what's going on when you introduce sort of real left field wide sure. scope um, science fiction. Yeah. But I think in the 1950s, it's just like, we just like that I core know. concept. And that's what Twilight Zone is. You pick up any Twilight Zone episodes, like this doesn't hold together <laughs> whatsoever. No, I understand. But the core concept is But cool, this is so. like
1: what I was saying before, which is why I love Twilight Zone, is that it's in such a small little pocket that it's they're 20-something minutes long and you don't have time to sit there and try and digest everything. You right. have like one bulk storyline that you're you know it's it's in the twilight zone so you don't really ask those questions whereas this is meant to be based in a reality like mm-hmm. in a world
0: well it's just it's a lot it's a proper full-length film so you've got yeah. more time to both answer and raise more questions yeah exactly. we can deal with that when we get to the end because maybe yeah maybe like you feel at the end that this would have been better as a short maybe. shorter episode maybe. um so they do flee uh they stop off at a gas station Um, And a gas attendant uh, puts some pods in their boot without them realizing. Um, They then pull (laughs) off. um, And Miles uh, takes the pods out and burns them um, a a little too easily, I feel. (laughs) They just just burst into flames. uh, While they're heading over to his friend, the nurse Sally's house. Uh, Miles then creeps around her house as he tends to keep creeping around young girls' houses and peering through the windows. Um, and this is the first time when we get like yeah the flip side of what I was saying bothered me earlier which is when you get the scene uh, cut away from them and you see the pop people talking to each other but we're not with Miles anymore which really bothered me but here we get it the way I feel it should be introduced which is him looking through the window and we see all these different townspeople that we've been introduced to some that we haven't sitting in the living room calmly discussing how they're going to take over like the last people in that room and you know it just feels like exposition in the right way for me it feels like him watching them is the way i want to be introduced with how the pop people are interacting with each other Um, but then they spot him so they had to flee again there's an apb put out on him um so they go and hide in his offices and start discussing the philosophy of being human and then make out for a bit (laughs) as you do yep (laughs) (laughs) the first date
1: (laughs) be like you know what humans do baby
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh and then in the morning they watch everyone outside and it looks normal um so yeah they're looking out on the square where uh, sorry yeah like everyone's just sort of walking around like by themselves ali this is your first time like katie you've seen an invasion film before yes um like as as a first time of watching this stuff, like where do you actually think this is going? Is it literally just gonna? Is it obvious they're just all like make believe right. pretending until? Because it's a confusing scene. If I feel this because they've already taken over clearly the whole town pretty much. Yeah. And yet they're pretending to live a normal life.
1: But they're doing it for the the busloads of people that are coming in.
2: I also don't know that they're pretending. I don't think in their like in their plan it's like oh no we need to all pretend because it is the bulk of the community right now. So I think that's just after everybody's taken over that's how they'll act they'll just be walking around with each other and so you think the
0: end game of this is once everyone in the world is turned into a pod person you you just live your life the same way you were before basically only more emotionless
2: yep interesting yeah
0: (laughs) it's a goal i guess i guess
2: i I don't think they care that there's other people out there who haven't been converted yet other than when they see them they're going to be like oh well here's your, your pod and we'll take care of it i don't think they're trying to actively hide from them and hide that they're a pod person.
0: Okay. Because, uh, yeah, because then that siren goes off and they all just suddenly amass in the square. And you're like, I wonder why they're just hanging out there to begin with, It's just <laughs> strange. And then, yeah, the trucks um, f- pull up and uh, they're full of pods. Um, and then his friend comes in and finds them and you get all the exposition and he's trying to say, like, um, yeah, basically how it's, it's like, not all bad. And right. It's, it's, you
1: should just do it. It's so much easier and yeah. just it's you know it's better on this side of it You like takes away all the stress of living is what his friend kept saying you know yeah. it's like you don't have to worry about anything anymore
0: so then they ask about um yeah then they ask about what about love yeah and i know you have you your like titanic anymore. moment
1: where she's like i <laughs> want to love and i want to be loved
0: yeah that was the most overwrought 1950s yeah. bit for me it's like i want to love i want to be love i want to have your children
1: oh right <laughs> i don't want to live
0: in a world without love <laughs> and this is quite a u-turn for her though as well because she sort of turns up she should up and,
1: write like r&b music or something
0: but it's this cool spiky relationship through most of the movie right. which i really like and then she just completely u-turns on that it's like no i want your babies. but it's
1: always like you always want what you can't have sort of thing yeah. so they're like you can't have this she's like but i want it
0: i was just playing games i was
1: the whole time i was, I was gonna say yes <laughs>
0: Um, and then that
1: guy should get really pissed off because he didn't get laid the night before. It's <laughs> like, I told you it was our last chance.
0: Well, to be fair, you don't know. They do the 90-50 thing. Could I kind of make it out? And then it sort of like skips the next morning.
1: I also had a question at that point that I was like, what if... Because I was kind of almost expecting there to be this, but I'm pregnant with your child. And I was like, <laughs> I wonder if a pod person takes you over if it's pregnant. Oh, interesting. If it Ooh, has a baby. And then your baby has no love Ooh. or emotion.
0: So then that would be the but pure generation wonder... born into it.
1: Right. And see, this is, again, my head spun off. And I was like, well, then if I was an alien taking things over, I would target all the pregnant women first. And then, like, they would be actively chasing the pregnant people because those are the so best. Then,
2: but then the babies would still be human, right? Right. So they would just grow up with without parents that don't love them love or have emotions right but they're capable the kids are capable of emotion
1: but that's what i'm wondering is if they take over like if if you take over a pregnant lady's body does it also do you
2: you also affect
0: all the matter surely in her body so then you
1: would have like a pod baby Mm -hmm. Mm because then her baby would stay with her Cause you don't take anything physical or you take only the physical, but that is, not the but emotional. But then I guess we
0: are getting right back into that conversation. I know. Of, are they, <laughs> this are is they my taking, brain. Are they taking you over or are they replacing you? Because right. if they, as we know from future films, but let's not get into that. But if they are replicating you, so for a time there are two of you until one of them essentially switches off mm-hmm. with a baby, they would have to like replicate the baby outside cells. of yeah. the womb.
1: Right. Mm-hmm
0: i don't like where this is going (laughs) (laughs) um all right so then yeah, i'm waiting for him because he's a doctor and i'm waiting for that skill to be useful at some point because (laughs) (laughs) surely when you write a character as a doctor in something like this you feel like that's it's Mm -hmm. more recent yeah (laughs) but it doesn't well
1: so far he was able to tell without knowing that the interior organs of uh, yeah, just pod person at... were perfect. I think I could tell
2: you that. These are and
1: he basically was like giving children drugs and being like, "Come see me next week if you're not feeling better, Bobby." And then
2: spanking them. So I mean, up.
1: he wasn't the best doctor. Well, this is so.
0: This is the only scene where he does use his powers. I guess is the nah. correct answer. Where he makes a brew and then fills his fills syringes with them, um, so that they can stab their way out of of yeah the offices and escape. Um, which they will do, uh, and he convinces uh, her to act like uh, one of the pod people, so they walk out into the street amongst them. This, I remember, like, the first time... Not that I saw this one, obviously, because it was my first time watching this film, but the first time I was introduced to the Body Snatchers movies, that was the most exciting bit for me. Like, that was definitely the most tension and the most kind of fun, was that idea of just, like, they can't smell you, they can't speak telepathically, right. no, which seems odd. You feel like they act as if they can speak telepathically. yeah. But for whatever reason, fine. That's the rule. You They can only tell if you don't show emotion or if you do show emotion, on I me. Mean. Yeah. So you could walk around and pretend to be one of them, which is definitely kind of something that's nodded to in Shaun of the Dead when they do a simple oh, thing right. yeah. with zombies, which does not work with zombies because zombies can-
1: You know this from personal experience? Yes, I know <laughs> this
0: from personal experience. <laughs> zombies want brains. That's the whole point. Zombies can smell when right. you're alive, like when you're fresh meat or not.
1: But apparently if you just smeared other people's dead blood on you then they just can't smell your brain do
0: they do that's i don't awesome. even know if they do that in children of the dead i think I they just they... pretend to be zombies or we need to go back to that film <laughs>
1: that's another series <laughs> we'll
0: do a cornetto <laughs> series um, retrospective okay. um but but yeah. yeah i always found it's really i don't know it was like it was the exciting bit for me mm-hmm. in the old ones was when they're walking through the streets and that kind of fear of it's just the flip side of how you start a film where the fear comes from i don't know who to trust and then this time it's like i need them to trust me Mm -hmm. and i think that's really cool
2: right that was one thing that i was unsure of and i think they just how intelligent they're supposed to be the pod people because we already discussed they have to be intelligent enough to know that which human they're being attached to yes and they're obviously intelligent enough they collect as a group and they have meetings but then when they first get to the offices becky and what's his face miles miles they like are being followed into the building, they run into an office and hide in a closet with a window and they walk into the room <laughs> and just like look over the window and then leave. And in my mind, they have to be intelligent enough to know, maybe we should open the door. They're literally just against the door underneath the window and they just look, oh no, I'll clear. And then they go to the next room. I feel yeah, that
0: it's, like, it's more bad directing than, yeah. <laughs> than judgment call on the body snatchers. <laughs> I, I kind of feel as well like they retain the intelligence of the person that they take over in a weird way. Like, because everyone still kind of <laughs> so acts. They're both idiots. <laughs> yeah, I just, I kind of feel kind of like what you're saying. You're literally the same person as you were before, but you have a sentient sort of understanding of where the pop people came from originally. Like you have that history baked into you as well, um, mm. because they seem to understand their heritage. Um. But other than that yeah i don't really see the point but i guess <laughs> why should there be a point we, we're humans we do stuff we don't really have a point like it's what's true. the end goal mm-hmm. so i mean i guess if you're just born as a pod person this is what we do yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> we go we take over That's fair. we raise questions about what happens if we're pregnantly. <laughs> we don't know yet we haven't tried <laughs> Valid that one
2: question Let's experiment.
0: um but then becky freaks out because a dog nearly gets hit by a truck which alerts a policeman i like how like no one else in the street seems to be bothered by the fact that she screams at a dog nearly getting hit by a truck. It's just I
1: thought, like, like a couple other people like stop and they, you know, yeah, but nobody people. doesn't
0: think about it. The policeman then decides, hmm, instead of going over over and asking them, Wait, are you humans? He goes, I guess I'll go upstairs, buy them some time, and check on my friends to see how they're doing. <laughs> and he goes upstairs and then finds the bodies that they've left behind, so he puts out a call for them and turns on uh, the main siren. And then we get like a big chase scene, which apparently went on for days of shooting. Really? And he was exhausted from like running through all of this, the, the, the Californian hills. That
1: scene goes on way too long, yeah. in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So they run into the hills until they find a miner's cave and then they hide in there. Um,
1: and we realize that high heels are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Women should not wear high heels really ever especially if you're gonna go (laughs) get changed chased chased by people it's like I felt so bad for her that's all I could think about was her like falling down this cliff like she's running up one side of a hill down the other side of a hill he's just like dragging her by (laughs) the hand and I'm like she's in three inch heels man you and a skirt like fuck off
2: (laughs) she was also I mean to be fair, they do a lot of running, which you see, and apparently it took plenty of days to film yeah. it, but the whole time she's like, I'm tired, yeah. I can't make it without sleep. <laughs> it's like, all right, you just lie down. The time I was like, I just, I don't feel sorry for you anymore because <laughs> I feel like in that moment you would have enough adrenaline. See, but this on. is
1: where I feel like that's how you know they didn't have sex the night before because if he would have gotten late he'd have been like bye (laughs) whereas he's like you're the last one (laughs) come (laughs) on female you have to do it please
0: uh so yeah we get this really for me one of the best shots in the movie actually which is really tight shot it's because they find these slats in the mine and they crawl underneath them and then they put them back on top Mm -hmm. and you get the camera right down in there with them Sort of really up close to the camera on this wide lens, and the slats are just above, and you can see the feet of everyone like running over the top um so It's always really cool, like it wasn't yeah. the sort of shot I'd expect from a 1950s movie um and then they they go away and they hang out for a bit in the cave <laughs> and then you get this very overdubbed music, um but it is kind of eerie, it's this like sort of charming it sounds almost like church music kind of thing like echoing through the hills like sound of music sort of oh yeah, in.
1: it's like like Gregorian chant almost or something. Yeah. It's really, really, yeah.
0: So, which he, which I find interesting as because well, I hear that. And at first I just thought it was part of the score. And then I thought, well, it's probably, it must have something to do with the pop people. But he immediately interprets it as, oh, there are real people out there. Everything's okay somewhere. Because close to where all this is happening, some people are hanging out singing, <laughs> which I feel is unlikely.
2: He could hear the love in the music.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it was meant to be only if you have emotion would you listen to music or sing so it was just supposed to be an like a very broad but an indicator of humanity
0: i like but again like it's i think that's a cool idea that hopefully the later films will play with a little bit more Mm -hmm. but the idea of yeah the arts coming in as proving you have humanity
1: right
0: um yeah so he leaves her in the cave really great idea um and then goes running off to try and find where the music's come from, and he finds a uh, radio playing from a truck that's full of pods. Uh, which then one of the pod people turns off. Don't know why they're listening to it begin with if they don't. Well, they like emotions, they switch
1: but... it to like a news broadcast, but the news broadcast is essentially saying, you know, these are the the cities that we've taken over. These are the ones that need taking over. So it was meant to be part of their planning. Yeah but i don't know how it lasted on that song for yeah, so was long yeah i to say but
0: does not surely prove that they do get enjoyment through yeah. arts and but maybe from a sophisticated level and not, not an sure. emotional level
1: hmm. yeah maybe worry. yeah technical
0: instead interesting questions
1: maybe it's for the plants and the oh yeah
0: maybe it's for the plants yeah like which yeah it goes against everything we know about plants cuz we know that plants like music right <laughs> and they grow differently to different types of music so pod people surely must be emotional because <laughs> they must enjoy different types of music.
1: Maybe. Um,
0: but yeah, they're taking these pods and they're putting them into huge greenhouses. Um, he comes back to tell Becky, who's falling asleep, so he carries it out, kisses her, and then realizes he's making out with a pod. Uh,
1: Such a weird time for him to kiss her. <laughs> it did not make any sense. Because she's like, I can't make it. I can't go on. And he just decides that that's the moment that he's like, well, this will change your mind. <laughs> and then he like does this whole dramatic thing and then almost drops her when he realizes that so he's like, I don't feel the same way about you anymore. Must not be you.
0: He's like the guy with the drunk girl at a party. He's like, no, I really don't want to. Well, maybe if I make out with you, right. you'll see what you're missing. You'll Drop
1: want her. to continue to run across the countryside in those heels <laughs> with me dragging you
0: this like not to keep going back to it but this is the most confusing bit for me because it's we really enter into that thing of we don't see any pod in the cave we don't like we're presuming the only way they can get off with this is that someone who came running in there earlier put a pod in the cave just in case
2: it yeah this part bothered me because it happened so quickly and Throughout the movie, which we don't, like we said, there's a lot of unanswered questions about what happens, and some of it, if we don't understand it completely, it's okay as long as it's consistent throughout the movie, but from the very start, it's a long process for them to take over, like we see the body in their living room, and they have a whole discussion on it, and they come back hours later, and then they fall asleep for a little bit, and it still doesn't happen. And then they see the pods slowly expanding into bodies in the greenhouse, and it still doesn't happen because they run away. Mm -hmm. But then in the two minutes that he walks out of the cave, sees that it's pods being grown and walks back, and she's already a pod person. Yep. I mean, to be fair, we don't know
0: how far away that music was. Maybe it was a few hours away, but I do you could have heard (laughs) it. Uh, But yeah, the timing's like, yeah, there's so many problems with this. It's like, how did she turn that quickly? you should wait until we do an alien covenant podcast like this question (laughs) that keeps arriving um but and and just where the where the fuck was the pod like why was there a pod in a cave how far away and that question that we keep having with this film was like what's the proximity is it miles away and it could just censor like you, you just need one shot somewhere of, like, he just kisses her and then behind her he sees there's a pod lying on the ground right. or something. Just anything like that. They clearly have made pods. You just put it down there in the yeah. background. It doesn't cost you anything. Or you, you could anything.
1: even, I mean, even to jump and just say, oh, and you see another one of her, like, lying in the back of the cave or something. Yeah, but you they know, clearly don't want to tackle that for some reason. So. <laughs> yeah, but they've already done a body duplicate with the neighbor guy. That's where all their That's budget lies. Right. So all you need is just, like, you don't even have to be able to tell it's her. You just have to have yeah like someone lying back there with a black wig on yep and then that would be i would have been happy with that yeah but they just make these huge jumps and stuff because they're just relying on the the drama factor
0: yep um which there is drama he freaks out runs (laughs) away as fast as he can uh until he gets to the uh, this busy highway which i was she
1: yells she's like he's over here like he yeah so i think that's mostly why he starts running
0: yeah 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 but you would anyway you just making out with a plump um (laughs) and i was kind (laughs) of impressed with the the set for this highway because it is a packed highway there's loads of cars on it they were rushing by i know you you were watching it you found it a bit laughable how he reacts to like rolling off the of one, somebodys yeah
2: the semi truck scene is pretty <laughs> it's
1: ridiculous. pretty ridiculous he has his hands like he I don't remember he, he just has his hands like out almost like crucifixion <laughs> style or it just like slack crucifixion style And he's just running through traffic like you know they're coming they're coming but he and I understand that he's meant to be exhausted he hasn't slept in 24 48 hours or what have you but he's just so he looks like a weird drunk guy if i was driving in traffic and i saw that guy running around talking about aliens like i probably wouldn't have stopped either he just looks really weird in that scene and i'm sure that that's directional choice um but it was i because it was after it was finished and you could see um the title screen and it obviously plays the scene over and over and it just plays it over 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 and over and over and over again and it's just more pathetic every time you watch it
0: See, I'm still watching this with my biased 1950s head on where I expect anything like this to look so bad yeah. <laughs> that I'm actually thinking this seems looking pretty cool. <laughs> like, I kind of like it just because I'm like, oh, wow, there's actual cars. And they're actually putting... It doesn't look too like green screened or anything. It mm-hmm. looks like, yes, he's on the set with cars and he's sort of pretending to sort of roll between them um so I kind of dig
1: between it. them he just like rolled
2: down the entire length of a semi truck. that was the most ridiculous part of me like everything ridiculous. else was fine i understand that he would have his arms flopping out i mean we start on the movie of him yelling i'm not crazy i'm not yeah. crazy <laughs> so it's fitting for him to be in that position right. at that point but the semi truck driving by him like the entire length he just like <laughs> Tumbles. And it was also it's just the speed and it happened. yeah yeah, in yeah. They no yeah. in the 50s so it's not going you know, very it's fast like he's, it's like it's like he's vertically rolling down a hill yeah. but he's standing horizontally he's like, <laughs> yes. and slowly just spiraling along the length of but it. it
1: also doesn't really look fun. necessary for him to be doing that because the truck is moving so slowly yeah. that he like you are forcing yourself to continue to, it's like a child having a temper tantrum or something you know he's just like over dramatic <laughs> But um, it's
0: here to draw attention to the fact that yeah, this yeah. truck has the pods inside it, so he realizes they're getting right. out of the city or his little town, I guess I should say. Um but I do I like this scene though, I like this as an ending. I like him, like like I said, like then going from who can you trust around you to I need these people to trust me because I'm not when I wanted them, to then being back in a place where he's pretty certain all these people are real people. They're honking their horns, mm-hmm. so they must have emotions. <laughs> And screaming at them, they're here, and you're next. And he actually breaks the fourth wall at one point, looks right into the camera, say, you're next. Right. To really try and, like, shock the audience. Probably 1950s was probably quite a big deal. Sure. Looks right yeah. in the camera. Um, now it looks a little bit hokey. <laughs> um, and no one cares, and no one's doing anything about it. And I just feel it's kind of the alienation, like the different spins on alienation that they do in this film, I feel is a central great source of fear for these films. It's just you can't communicate to people around you basically mm-hmm. and you can't trust people around you and then they can't trust you and it just keeps going back and forth basically right. between those things um so this is as we said before this is where the director wanted the film to end was this scene and it feels like it should end Him there. screaming you're next into camera cutting into credits i'm all i'm all over that like i think that sounds great mm-hmm. um how would you guys be if we dropped off here
1: i would have been happy with it i was kind of shocked Not like shock, shock, but like shocked back into, oh, right. We have been listening to voiceover for a reason when it shoots back to him, you know, in a doctor's office being questioned. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would have preferred it to have ended on the highway. Yeah. I just think it leaves more opportunity for next ones also.
0: Yeah, that's true which yeah i don't know in the 50s how much they were into sequels but for me it's much more open ended. instead we get him yeah going back to the beginning he's telling the psychiatrist they don't believe him um and it's so great they just walk out of the office we don't believe you and then someone gets wheeled in He's like, wait a second (laughs) he's like well we found this man crushed under lots of pods (laughs)
1: pods and he just turns and looks at him where were they coming from
0: (laughs) and he goes call the fbi right now and he just sort of collapses against the wall the music's this sort of triumphant sort of sound but then he it did just it.
1: holds on him just breathing really intensely yeah. laying Can against I a wall <laughs> yeah i know
0: um yep and that's when we get credits and for me yeah, a bit of an underwhelming way to finish the movie and just, i hate that kind of thing where you get this huge worldwide invasion and then they just have to wipe the slate clean it was it's like it's the same with how more of the worlds ends, particularly how they portray it in the tom cruise version it's just like oh and it's all fine now right it's just you can't reset everything in the blink of an eye and it's yeah. frustrating
1: yeah because then it's like what did they do with all the pod people
0: yep don't know I'm telling you man don't know we'd These never find questions. out because i tell you what it's not what they deal with in the next movie no <laughs> Um, So just a couple more little facts before we get to if you guys would recommend this movie, how you would score it. So be thinking about that for a second. Um, Kevin McCarthy would reprise his role, and we'll get to that, um, as Dr. Miles J. Bennell in the 1978 remake. So we will see him again. Um, And he also reprised the same role. Can you guess like another time that he might have reprised Dr. Miles J. Bennell? I guarantee you, you can't. It was in Looney Tunes, back in action. Wow. (laughs) They do a tip of the hat to this original Body Snatchers, which is pretty impressive. Um,
1: So classy, those Looney Tunes guys. (laughs) They're like, we watch real movies. We'll show you.
0: And like we said earlier, like, yeah, the slang expression for people came from this. United States National Film Registry of Library of Congress decided this film was so important. It's become culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So it's been put into preservation. Um, There's only a select, I mean it's growing in number for sure, but there's a select amount of films that get put in that, so it's a big honour to be a part of that. Uh, Future film director Sam Peckinpah, um, did we mention this earlier? I can't remember. Who directed Wild Bunch, Straw Dogs, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Um, He played Charlie the meter reader in this movie, which is nice. He worked with the director on a bunch of dialogue um, coaching on a bunch of his films um and the original ending for this which, from the book is that the extraterrestrials leave earth after having too much resistance <laughs> which to me is almost as bad as, as what we're giving.
1: <laughs> too hard <laughs> going home well, very you sleepy more <laughs> stupid. Uh,
0: but the interesting thing that it does is because they it, it, apparently it, okay so they leave behind the pod people and it turns out that they have a lifespan of no more than five years so, if they had taken over Earth, it would have been five years later, they have to leave Earth, is the, is the idea, mm-hmm. in search of new planets to conquer, leaving an empty planet. Now, what I don't understand, and I haven't reread the book in, since uh, when I first saw the 70s one, when I was, like, in my teen years, mm-hmm. so I don't remember, but is like, do they leave them planet Earth as pod people, and they have, like, a time limit to find another planet, or do they leave, do they sort of dissolve and then become goop again it goes off into space and travels to another planet like is that because the planet would then just be empty right everyone would just die on the planet well i
1: think at least what i got was that it was the alien is like a form of vegetation that is literally just knows that it's like it growing out or it developing is only going to last a certain amount of time so it's taking over planets without any really caring about the lives that it's destroying you know mm-hmm. it just like exists to exist to exist to exist like for these short little pockets of time so after you know these people die they like load pods back onto you know the last of them load pods back onto another ship and then that ship fi- finds another planet i guess that's kind of where my brain so was is that so like it. do
0: you feel like because if they're on ships and they need to be
1: con- yeah but you can just keep and... like one person or like wait to Take over. And again, this comes back to my previous point. If you got the (laughs) pregnant ones, you could just keep repopulating. Exactly.
0: Well, I think I want to talk about this more when we get to the next podcast, because I think the next podcast suggests more things that would tie into how Mm -hmm. this would work better. So let's return to this when we get to the 1978 version of the film next week. Um, For now, Let's just find out how you guys, because I really don't know <laughs> <laughs> which way you guys are going to go on it. So as usual, we want to know, you know, do you recommend it? Do you not recommend it? And how much are you going to score it? Out of 10, 20 point uh, scale is how we like to do things. So uh, let's start with Ali, the newbie, newbie to the Body Snatchers movies. Yep. Tell us how you feel about the 1950s original.
2: Um, there are a lot of questions <laughs> in the plot. And it's hard because I don't know, I mean in terms of recommending it, I haven't seen any of the other ones. So later on if I decide I like two or three of the later ones, then if you're someone who really loves the series and loves the later ones, then yeah you should go back and watch this one. But having only seen this one and not knowing, not having read the book, not having seen any of the other movies, probably wouldn't tell people to go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, out of 10, a six. Six? Six point five. That's I don't know. Good. Oh, that's right. Yeah, six.
0: You look really confused. I don't like, know. You don't it's so really
2: hard to do these. Like with the Danny Boyle one, our, we... Like, you go back and you change it so much just because you have the other ones that you're comparing Yeah, well, to. again, like, well, at the end of all these yet, retrospectives, we'll do that
0: podcast at the end yeah, yeah, where yeah. we will come back to the whole thing as a franchise and look at it and then put them in order. And we can change scores a little bit there. Yeah. But it's just good to know as you go along, like, your initial impressions of stuff, like...
2: Yeah. I mean, the things I liked about it are... I liked that it was controversial and that no one really knew if it was a, you know, a statement on the political things happening all around the world.
0: Those damn comments. And
2: I liked... I was, a bit like, well, I was impressed and surprised by the bodies expanding in the greenhouse mm-hmm. and I wish they had ended on the highway scene, but yep. Watson. Um, I, yeah,
1: I really, in the beginning wanted to love it just because I, I do really love old movies and I like old horror movies. I love the twilight zone, you know, just those, those ideals are ones that like formed really strong nostalgic memories for me. Um, So I was kind of excited to come back to one that I have seen, you know, the, the 78 version. And, but to me, this one, it just felt lacking and I'm not sure if it's because I've seen the next one. And I saw all of the places that like the holes that needed to be filled in the storylines. And to me, it just raised too many questions for me to enjoy it, like watching it. And I really do think that if it had been a shorter film, if it had been, or not even a film, but if it was just like an an episode of something, that it would have been more enjoyable because I think that you could have told that story more concisely and I think it would have been more entertaining had it been not so elongated. Um, And so having said that, honestly, if you really like the series, you don't really need this one. Um, it's only if you, if you have an hour and a half or whatever to burn and you're like, no, I really love old movies, then yeah, it's kind of cool. Cause you can kind of go back and see the foundation of where everything started. Um, and there is something to be said for where things come from. And I think that's why I like old movies in the first place. So I'd probably give it like a seven. Hmm.
0: Wow, I did not see that. After all, <laughs> I
1: don't. I didn't. I really didn't like it. Okay, but I also like. I appreciate it.
0: You understand why it's been put in the preservation yes, list, kind of exactly. Thing. Okay, okay. So, so are you saying you prefer it if it was a Twilight Zone, just yeah. like that, short and
1: yeah, thin? which I entirely think it could have been, and I think it could have had just as much clout and much as much importance with a shorter story. But you know, who's to say? Not me it might not be in any cool list or in any memorial you
2: have a microphone in front of you you're allowed to say it i know what i was saying.
1: like it might not have for other people have been so important had yeah. it been shorter like maybe to some people because it was a feature length that they were that's what gave it it's relevance yeah. relevance and mm-hmm. stout so
0: Do do like stout uh, good yeah i kind of like i do i respect your opinion a lot with this stuff because you definitely watched more 1950s movies than me mm-hmm. you were into twilight zone like you said i'm not really i've seen that stuff but i'm not really into it so right. it's i do find it hard similar to ali to know like how to judge this movie because it's kind of you always want to judge you don't want to judge against like i don't want to judge this at this point against any other invasion of body snatch movie because you just need to judge each one on their own merit really um but you, it's hard to judge all movies without judging them against their peers, and I don't really know enough about its peers. I will say that as a lover of the Body Snatchers franchise and the things that, as I started to talk about in this, I feel this distills the enjoyment I get out of that, to do with the paranoia and to do with you know not trusting a group of people around you and then flipping that on its head. I did still enjoy this movie a lot. Like I liked vibe at the beginning i like the small town feel of it um because i kind of like small town america sort of horror uh, i really did enjoy the interaction between the two leads for the majority of the movie until it gets to the end and she wants to have his babies and it gets to, <laughs> to just wrote um i thought they had like a really good sort of energy between them and an unusual dynamic which i would be you know i really would like more of in horror movies normally in horror movies it's about you know two people coming together whereas this had like you already started in the middle of something which i thought mm-hmm. was kind of cool um the ending and the, like yeah the book ending really annoys me it seemed very like i can completely appreciate why they did it um, as producers but i think it was a wrong decision um, and i think always with horror movies taking a safer route is always the wrong decision i think the, the more confidence you have in your bold ideas the better um, and i think the director definitely had a lot of passion here and you can see it going on and the story's muddled um they don't explain things properly i don't remember if the book had made these things clear for them to follow on from or perhaps if the book was a little mystified as well and they just kind of were doing that and the films helped clarify the Mm -hmm. law later um so i don't know how much the judgment with that but for sure there are easy answers to some of the things they fuck up in this uh, movie um so would i recommend it someone yeah i would if you are a fan of yeah the franchise like for me it's it, I still got some of those thrills the thing I was shocked by was just how close this film follows um, well I should say just how close the 1978 film follows this movie they're extraordinarily similar um, in their scene by scene breakdowns but as we'll get to next week they feel vastly different like which is a really quite a feat I think mm-hmm. of a remake um, so if you, if you do enjoy yeah, the 1970s one I would say it's worth going back to check this out uh but feel free to be doing something else at the same time yeah
1: that'd be good like i would say put this on on netflix or put it on on something and then yeah do something that occupies your hands or, or whatever it is. no like but and just so, like something that isn't yeah watch it but don't you're watch it put <laughs> your back to the screen put it on silent <laughs>
2: Bake some cookies. playing
0: zelda on the other channel yeah. um yeah i would probably give it around about a six as well but i'm looking forward to get to the end of being able to reflect a little bit so that was the end of our first of this franchise uh next week we're going to be talking about uh, next friday we're going to talk about 1978 invasion of the body snatchers movie uh you can follow all of these retrospectives including our friday 13th one our nightmare on elm street one our danny boyle one um we've got a whole bunch more coming straight away afterwards our horror channel goes up every single friday our regular podcast just called geeks yeah (laughs) <laughs> Thanks guys uh, That goes up every Tuesday That's talking about Topical games and movies um, Certainly not just Horror stuff So if you're interested In other things That's where you can go uh, We have a podcast Run by our friend uh, And contributor Adrian Old Who does a podcast Called Hollywood and Wine That goes up every Wednesday I believe um, And that is more To do with the industry In Hollywood And all that stuff And you can follow all of them Just by heading over to iTunes Or going onto your Podbean um, Or whatever podcast Little app Venue thing you use <laughs> it in we are geeks we are geeks and we'll pop up um and you can subscribe to everything uh we're going to be sort of separating things up a little easier for you to digest soon but for now you'll get all of it in one feed so apologize if that's annoying or maybe
1: convenient <laughs> sorry i just Who realized knows? we're doing a podcast about pod people uh. <gasps> dun, dun, dun,
2: dun, <laughs> thank you
0: I've been your host, Mr. L. White. You can follow me on all social medias, Katie Watson.
1: That, that's your social media? Is my <laughs> name? No, that's Mr. That's not L. very White. smart for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Katie Watson. You can find me on Twitter at Watson Dearest. And yeah. Allie, where can people find you?
2: Um, I do not have a Twitter. Well, I have a Twitter. I don't use it. So You, you can got an Instagram. See how stupid I was yeah. in high school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram is Allie Sue.
0: Thank you guys for joining me. We'll be back next week. Until then, we're out.
2: Bye. Adios.